Hey everybody, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn. I am an RN holistic health coach. And if you have been following me, you can see that I'm in a different area uh, to record the podcast. And I'm breathing that breath of, uh, it's so annoying. I don't know what's going on with my internet. Um, yeah. For those who follow me know that I record in the tiny home that I have outside my home. Uh, it's my she cave. And, uh, but for the past month, my internet has not been cooperating with me. So if anybody has any ideas of what the heck I could do, shoot me a, shoot me a DM or get in touch with me. You know, all my information is below. So first of all, if you can support me and um, subscribe to my podcast, It's a New Dawn, and, and or my YouTube channel, It's a New Dawn, subscribe, comment, share, like, it really helps me. I never ask, but, you know, if I don't ask, I don't receive, and um, that would be a real great support to me, and all my um, information will be in the show notes, so no excuse. Anyway, I am sitting here with Josh Jones, and he is, I met him through my Facebook ad that I put out for my podcast. He is a patient advocate at an Ohio Health Trauma Center, and one of the reasons he went into healthcare is to make a difference, um, like his medical team did with him as he fought through his battle with liver, bone marrow, and immune system failure. Besides his work in healthcare, he also hosts a sex and wellness podcast called The Not So Bad Bachelor Pad, where he talks about anything from kinks <laughs> to why we have trouble forming healthy connections with others. So I welcome Josh Jones, and I believe you're at work. So thank you for giving me this time here today. Oh, of course. Um, I always love being a part of a, a new podcast and getting to share my story and helping other people connect uh, who've gone through similar things that I have. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, sorry, I was having a little connectivity issues. No, that's okay. That's okay. Just you could start anywhere. You could tell me your story, what led you to where you are today. So love to hear it. Um, I'll, I'll start with my story. Um, when I was five, back in 2000, I was diagnosed with liver failure, autoimmune hepatitis, aplastic anemia, and bone marrow failure in October of 2000. Um, and the doctors had never seen like anybody come in with so many um, kind of like stacking problems before. Um, so after we got the, me and my mom got the preliminary diagnosis, they thought eight months is what I'd have to um, survivor wow. because of just, just everything going on. Um, skip forward just a little bit. That was like I said, it's 2000, it's 2021. So coming on 20 years later, um, I'm alive, I'm healthy. Um, I, I made it through my battle, but it, it was something that has taken up the greater portion of my life. Um, from the, year I spent living inside the hospital, Cincinnati Children's. It was an amazing hospital. I couldn't have asked for a better team to the post-care that nobody can really coach you through. Um, because even though I was well enough to leave the hospital, they still said I wasn't out of the woods. So I spent like, a large portion of my childhood um, up until maybe 13 or 14, wondering if I'd go into remission 
if I relapse and then have to go back in and start all over. Um, there and there's just there's just so many mental um, things that people can't prepare you for because they don't really know what it's like. And mm -hmm. so I always love sharing my story because I get a chance to tell people that a lot of times we don't prepare our children or any child to deal with mortality. But when you get the diagnosis like I have, it's something that my parents had to start thinking of um, so early on in my life. And being that young, I really didn't process it. And I couldn't imagine having to do that with my child um, at that age. Um, so I just wanna say, hey, thank you to my mom and dad because they were amazing through it. And because, because they were so strong and they, they didn't teach me to fear my situation. They taught me to live every day. They've always taught me to live every day as if it was my last, not because I was sick, but because you never know what's going on. So mm -hmm. as I was going through this battle, I never once felt scared or uncertain, or I was always willing to do whatever needed to be done because I had that support network that taught me that mentality of, you know, just keep doing everything you can and um, it'll lead you to a happy life. And um, that. yeah, I talk about, I talk a lot about on uh, the podcast and in real life. And one of the pillars of Lenora is support and community. So for health and wellness, for everlasting health and wellness, and that's huge. And we don't, give that enough credit, but if you weren't surrounded by that support system, who knows where you would have ended up? Do you know what I mean? Lifting uh, you up and supporting you and cheering you on, right? I, like, I, couldn't, even, I couldn't imagine not having it um, because I've been lucky enough to have it my uh, entire life. Um, if nobody else, I know good old mom. Um, I know your mom too. So, you know, mom, mom is always in the corner. Well, not, that's not, not always the case. That is not well, always the case. So you are blessed. And this is true. Yes. Very true. I mean, I, I'm just going to, you know, like my daughter, you know, came, came to me about something and, and, you know, there were people who were against what she came out to tell me. And then my, my answer to her was, you always have your mother on your side. Right. You know, you always have your mom and dad on your side. And if you don't have, even if you had nobody else, just like what you just said, mm -hmm. almost verbatim, we are there always for you. I just got the chills because it, it doesn't matter, you know, how many, you don't have to have a whole bunch of people, right. a shitload of people, even if it's just one or two people who are unconditionally supporting you and cheering you on. So. it's always quality over quantity in my opinion um mm -hmm. when it comes to that and like you said it, it really does take a village to raise you know not just a child but anybody um because if we were all strong enough to do it on our own we wouldn't need human interaction but that's not the case mm -hmm. um and fast forwarding to my present day um working in a trauma center uh, i specialized in emergency medicine and now i'm kind of shifting out to all types of medicine to become more well-rounded um, in that. But I, I know that I probably would have been discouraged at times if I didn't have um, from the nurses to the PSAs, the you know, patient support advocates um, to the doctors being so friendly and willing to take the extra step 
and fight for me to make sure that I had everything I needed or that I understood what I was going through, um, I don't think I would have been as keen um, or my, my parents would have been as keen to allow them to do what they needed to do to save my life. So I, when I got the opportunity to join the hospital team, I, I jumped on it um, because this role specifically, I had somebody assigned to me personally. Um, so I always had my advocate, my representative there with me at all times, whether I was like in the classroom setting, in my room getting a treatment, going out for a test, they were always there to make sure that I understood what was going on and that there was no foul play. Um, and that's, that's a, it's something that's taken for granted. Sometimes when you're in a hospital, you just assume everybody's there um, to help to help you. And they, they are, but sometimes you don't realize how much help that they're willing to give you unless you have somebody there to like kind of walk you through it. So any chance I get to, to, uh, to work with my patients, to let them know, is like, we're not here to judge you. Um, we're here to help you understand. Sometimes it may seem like we're oversimplifying it, but we just want to make sure there's no gray room that you understand what you're agreeing to what's really going on with your body, how to move forward and process that because it's so scary. And these are big decisions that you're making. Um, mm-hmm. It's your, it's your life, literally your life, your health. Well, um, you're working in the trauma center. Yes. So for sure. Uh, so, yeah. Life so or I death. Like, we, I was like, I tell people, I was like, so our job is to make sure that you're stable and then you'll be transferred somewhere that gives you that uh, longe- care, care longevity. But I was like, while you're here with me, I was like, I know it's scary. I know it's fast. I know you have to make decisions. It seems like nonstop. But the reason that this is happening is because you went through something severe, whether it was a car accident, um, a potential like assault um, of any nature, you know, you're having tough thoughts that, that you, of harming yourself, you know, something brought you here that was emerging, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, even though that's a little different than like what I said, what I went through because my issues were longevity. So I had the same team for months and years on end. Um, I'm with my patients for anywhere from two to 12 hours out of the day. Um, and then they kind of get passed on and I might not see them again because they might not, hopefully we always hope that they're still not in the ER by the time we come back. Mm-hmm. Are you a nurse? Um, no. Um, so I have two roles. One, I am a nursing assistant. And then the second okay. one, um, I, I do kind of advocacy. So if there's any disagreements or you feel like as a patient, you're being mistreated or like abused, then I'd come in. We'd talk. I do an investigation to make sure that everything's on the up and up and you are receiving the proper care that you would need to. Uh, so you're, you're an advocate, you said. Mm-hmm. You said, yes. which is extremely important because when you're in a life or death situation, you need an advocate to speak for you yes. and uh, very important role. I mean, I'm an, I'm a nurse. I'm not in the clinical aspect anymore, but nursing assistants are so very important. If you don't have a really good nursing assistant, you're screwed. <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> so um and I would imagine that all that adversity sort of almost made that decision for you to go into this field, right? Honestly, um, 
sometimes you don't really realize um, what your calling is until it's there. I was always nervous or to go back into a hospital because I was like, I did so much to escape that being my permanent place um, mm-hmm. that I, I never thought I'd want to go back into it. But once the opportunity was given to me and I got to see the impact that I could make and then I do make on a daily basis, I knew that I was like, I'm, I'm where I need to be. This is, this is what I was meant to do. And what, what made you make that decision? Was it a, like a one time thing that happened that you said, that's it? So it was actually, it was pure luck and coincidence. Um, I used to be a server. No coincidences. My, no. That's, coincidences. that's true. It was, it was designed that way. I, I had to have been in that right place for, to meet the right person who got me where I needed to be. So it was meant to be. Sure. Um, but I was a server and one of my regular customers thought I was way too good uh, to be just serving. Not that that's anything against servers. I still serve to this day. Um, but she was like, you're meant to do more. And I was like, I, I agree. So she was like, she offered me a job right there. I'd probably been working. I, she comes in once a week. I saw her maybe three or four times. And after the fourth time, she was like, here's my card. Call me. We have something for you. I just, I know you'll be perfect for this. And the rest was kind of history. I, I came in, uh, they, they let me shadow before I actually went into any interviews and just getting to shadow and see what I was signing up for. A really helped me decide, is this something that I'm ready for? Do I think this is something I can handle or B is this something that I really feel like I can make a difference or, I could like I'm effective in this role mm-hmm. and just seeing how everybody interacted and just how much we assist um on a daily basis I was like yeah I was like it was it was this the light bulb clicked and it seemed like it was silly that I didn't know this years ago mm-hmm. you definitely don't go into medical anything unless you're really doing it from the heart that's just my opinion um what we deal with all the time and it's funny how you talk I never put I never realized this but it's amazing like you said you spent a lot of time in hospitals and stuff so you didn't really know if you wanted to like go back there right but I did too you know I had spinal meningitis when I was two and I almost died and I was in the hospital at least three weeks um doctor said I was not going to make it and I had severe bulimia I was in and out of hospitals and uh, almost died from bulimia. And then I had a major, major car accident when I was 19 and I was flown over to Mount Sinai, New York. And, uh, I was uh, in the hospital three weeks there. And it's weird that I, you know, I became a nurse at the age of 47, uh, in 2011. And you really gotta want it. (laughs) You really gotta want it because I never even put those things together. Like, why would I want to go back and into that setting? But what triggered for me was that my, my company, my podcast, it's a new Dawn is actually named after my sister-in-law Dawn who died of liver cancer about 16 years ago. Mm. And she happened to be very big. And um, I, this was before I even had a vision of being a nurse. And um, 
I was taking care of her in the hospital. I was rubbing her feet. I was turning her. I was, and I said to myself, boy, if I was ever a nurse, I would never treat my patient like this. And I knew it was because she was heavy that not all nurses, believe me, nurses are gold, but there are some, you know, it's like people, there are crappy people out there too. Um, But I knew in my heart, I said, that's it. I'm going to make a difference. You know, I'm going to become a nurse. It was not easy. It wasn't as easy as, Oh, I'm going to become a nurse. I'm a nurse. It was hard as anything, but (laughs) so I'm just realizing that connection there. I was surprising that I ended up being a nurse after being in a hospital a lot of my life. I I know so many other other people who've had similar um, incidents or mindsets like that um, from previous traumas that somehow they ended up going into the field that there was their trigger. So life is just funny that way sometimes it is serving others brings me joy you know i'm sure it does for you too or you would not do what you do so tell me more about you know your path and what's the best thing about your job do you have any uh repercussions from everything you went through so i was i was a lucky one um sometimes i just had my last checkup well i guess it's been a year um 2020 january i had my final checkup with cincinnati children's clear slate i've been cleared of everything don't need to go back anymore um wow like no you're good and then uh 2012 is when they diagnosed me with a history of my um aplastic anemia and like the liver everything but they still followed up i like once a year to make sure that everything was good, that my numbers were staying down. And uh, I was part of a study for a little bit, um, just because like I said, it's, so at the time when I was diagnosed and being treated, there were less than 200 people to survive my combination of illnesses. So, I mean, I was like that, well, you're like 200 people, that's a lot. But I was like, really 200 people over the course of hundreds of years is such, it's so minuscule. So I was like, yeah, anything I could do, I did because who knows who I could help or who's been helped because of the materials that I gave. Yes. And, and do you believe that I ask this question a lot, or I believe that hundred percent that we've got to go through adversities to appreciate our lives every single day. I mean, I'm sure you go through every day of your life in appreciation well, maybe I'm making an assumption, assumption, but I wouldn't take back anything that I, I went through in my life because I'm I love people. Absolute same. Yeah. Um, I say every day I'm always blessed because I was like, I get to walk on my own two legs. Um, so I see so many car accidents, motorcycle accidents, falls where that's something that gets taken away from a lot of people um, yeah. or it changes in a way that they never thought would happen. Um so it's like your life literally can change so quick. Um, and so I'm always thankful that I'm, I have my full facilities, um, full mobility in my body, you know, everything. Yeah. I just keep getting the chills, the whole podcast. There's definitely good energy here. I could feel the love that you have in your heart. And that makes me feel really good. Um, Share whatever I mean, what, else you want to share. This is your podcast. So, so. No, I, I was like, um, like I said, going back into 
I think the thing that I, the best, the best benefit that I've taken away from this whole endeavor is my mentality. Um, I learned how to safeguard it and I've learned how to spread security and happiness to others from it. Um, so before I, I was diagnosed, I was, a, I was an active kid. I was in relatively good shape, but something that's, that a lot of people don't think of is I had to go on uh, anabolic steroids and steroids help you, they, they put on, you gain a little bit of weight while you're on them. And I, so I, I gained so much weight. I would gain, I was fuzzy, hairy. And to have such a massive body switch um, is, it kind of shakes you a little bit because you almost, sometimes you don't recognize yourself. Um, and then I, like, I think about it, I was like, do I have to take my medicine? I was like, I don't like the way I'm looking. And I was like, well, I was like, am I, then my mom's like, would you really want to sacrifice your health to look better, to look thinner? And I was like, well, no, when you say it like that, I was like, that makes so much sense. So every That's since a good then, mom. I was like, yeah, I, I'm always thankful. Like we butt heads all the time, but it's only because I love her. Um, but I appreciate everything she's done. Um, and she just helps me come back to my senses. Um, but that transfers into, like I said, like puberty, like so many people go through things and they feel self-conscious and they doubt themselves or they're not as secure because of the relationship with their body. But because I had to deal with this younger, by the time I got there and I went through another round of changes, I already knew how to, I was like, well, yeah, I was like, I'm a lot bigger. Like kids are mean. They like to make fun of the big guy or the person with glasses. I had both. Or the sick kid, you know, I was, I was all of them. But because I was so used to that and I'd been prepared for it, I learned that I was like, no matter what you say, I was like, that doesn't really affect or define me as a person. I was like, these are just outwards observations that you really don't know anything about. Um, and so it's hard to really mess with somebody who it doesn't bother them. And so like from there, I it learned bother, like, it bothers other people that it doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother. Yeah. So I was like, really, I was like, really? <laughs> you know, I used, I used to do that like in nursing school and, and like I said, it was later in life, but we did have Facebook then. I think Facebook just had come out, but I actually did a test and I would, I told my husband, I'm going to be so positive. And, and nursing school is so stressful. And I would be like, I'm going to ace that exam. I was annoyingly positive mm -hmm. and people, people hate it, I do. <laughs> people hate it. but I'm, I'm generally like that because I've been through all this shit in my life mm -hmm. and I generally thank God every day for the health and wellness of my body, the strength of my body. That's a, those are my gratefuls. Those are one of my gratefuls every day is thank you for the strength and the health of my body. Because it's been through so much hell right. that, and seriously, that's what I say. You and I'm talking pretty hard adversities. You probably have to go through to really, really appreciate life. Hundred percent. I mean, like I said, I like as much as people bash me for my body, I'll never be upset with it. It got me through that set of illnesses. I've broken almost every bone in my hands, most of them in my legs, torn so many ligaments. It's it's still here. I was like, it's the family car that just doesn't quit that you pass down to every kid through generations. And I was like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, and I love it. I appreciate it every day. Um, 
That's good. And Josh, Josh, I have a severe hearing disability, like really severe. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's fine. I'm like, uh, that's why I appreciate, I still hear birds. Uh, I'm able to talk to you with this button. I can't hear anything out of this here. Uh, But I can hear you out of this one ear and I'm going to cherish it until the day maybe I won't be able to hear anymore. But just then I thank God because then my other senses are even more in tune. Like I don't, these are blue light blocker glasses. I don't wear prescription glasses uh, for anything. I'm 56, but I think that's because I don't hear that well. My other senses have taken over my sense of smell, even my empathy, even that sense of love and it's almost it's almost too much for some people i know it is but it's genuine and it's true you know what i'm saying i mean that's that's what's needed uh empathy and sympathy uh in the world um like i said i can empathize with people who are hurting genuinely because i used to hurt you know um and just having somebody who even though they might not have gone through the exact same thing but who understands and can relate to it, it just, it's comforting and it helps so much. So that's why I always try to be a shoulder. I try to be an ear when I can, because like, uh, like I tell people at any moment, the roles could be reversed and I might need another ear or shoulder to lean on. Um, so I, I try to put that back into the world um, because yeah. I believe it's what's needed. It is what's needed. We all need love. Love is the highest energy there is. But that's, you know, I look at things when people see, people see all this hate and, and negativity going around. I see love. I, I choose to look that way. You know, my kids, I have five kids and there are a couple who are very analytical and very left brain and mom, don't you see what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I see it, but I choose to look at the good things in life. Right. You know, it's always, it's always your choice. You know, it's always your choice. Right. You can and be I, an asshole I, or you can be a kind and loving person. I was like, they both <laughs> take they, they both take just as much energy. So why not do the one that does the better good for, you know, you and yeah. the world? Yeah. For sure. So if you want to share anything else, share whatever you want to give to the world and whatever message you want to share. And, and, you know, take your time. And then I do ask my guests to share some last words of wisdom when you're ready. So um, keep that in mind. I guess I, I was like, that's, that's pretty much me. I always try to use this opportunity of never knowing when your time will come and to just enjoy every moment of your life while you can. Um, to, it's a simple saying, but I only do things I want to do. Um, if there's something that you've ever been curious or interested in, like, Go, go do it. Um, I've reignited my love for medicine. I've reignited my love for education. I'm going back to school here in the fall. Um, just enjoy every bit of your life because you never know where it'll lead you and who else you could touch and inspire. So I live every day trying to be that flame and spread. Amen. I love that thank you so much um do you want to talk a little bit about your want to do a little plug for your uh podcast 
Oh, a hundred percent. We love to talk about ourselves too. Um, Go ahead. So <laughs> I'm inter- so, I'm interested in this too. I'm not a bachelor. I mean, I'm not a man, but you know, hey. <laughs> so that's actually the funny thing. Everybody says that we're like, they're like, well, this isn't like inclusive. And I was like, actually, it really is. Um, I was like, the not so bad bachelor pad is something I started about a year ago. And I've always, I'm always the friend who gives advice. So when my female friends ask me like, well, like, what's he thinking? I was like, this is the lady's chance to like ask a guy like, hey, what, what is going through your guys' head? And it's a chance for the men to be like, hey, wake up. We need to be better. Like we're enti- we have this sense of entitlement. And sometimes that keeps us in pride and that keeps us from being great partners. Um, so at, here on the show, we try to give a wide variety to show everybody that you can improve and to kind of, if you have any questions or you need advice, just to kind of phone in because other people have thought the same things and had the same questions. I like that. And, and guys, just an FYI, there's nothing more attractive than a sensitive guy who's in touch with his feelings. That's, <laughs> that's a good thing. Come on. That's so true. That's, that's part of the conversation that we love to have is there's a stigma around it, but I don't understand why. You know, I was like, how can you ever expect to be the best? Because like, like as a guy, I love, I'm super competitive. competitive. Um, how can you ever expect to be the best partner if you're not open with your, with your partner? I was like, if you've ever played sports or done a group project, you have to be open with your team. You know, everybody's strengths and weaknesses. So like share that and deepen that bond so that you can perform better because we're all trying to get the most enriching gourmet love and sex of our lives, okay? Because so many times that, that we, we, we get so much media and they, the media filters how we live our life. And I was like, no, like, like I said, do what you wanna do, do what feels natural to you. Trust your body and not the, you know, not the world, okay? Because your body knows you. And if you know yourself, you'll get to know your partner and, that's all there really is to it. I think that's great. And I also think, again, because you've been through all these adversities, it makes you a very caring man and a better partner. That's yeah. my opinion. Well, I appreciate it. I'll have to be sure to share that with everybody else who- uh... Well, I think that's true. I mean, if you, you, I don't know, if you didn't go through some hardship, you'd be probably really cocky and- entitled and all that i don't know that's studying about that i think that's true yeah that might Um, have to be one of the episodes right there i hope so and 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 um what's the word dedicated to me 100 (laughs) i'll I'll tag you i'll shout out (laughs) i might even have you on that day have me on i i love talking that i love being on podcasts um Anyway, all your information is going to be in the show notes, but do you want to tell anybody, do you want to give them any, any um, links or you, anything? I was like, you can find us, the podcast, um, anywhere you hear music or podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Radiohead, like you name it, it's there. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook at the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad, Twitter, uh, Instagram, 
like I said, all the links will be down below. I'm everywhere, literally anywhere you can think of besides TikTok, I will be there. Okay. I usually would say go to TikTok, but now I'm filtering out of there and going into Clubhouse. And if you have an iPhone, get invited by somebody because they usually have like five invites. And then uh, I think it'd be great for you. I know it'd be great for you because yeah. it's just it's just audio. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like we're on podcast, you know, it's like, right. and then you, you develop rooms. Like I just did a, I just developed a club called women over 50 comma, you can, and, um, you know, and I'm getting more people to join my club, but it's great. It's good for connection, collaboration, all that. Well, I'll have to look into that. I appreciate it. Look into it. I mean, it's it's growing really fast, and and yeah. they're gonna they're gonna accept Android users uh, soon, very soon. And uh, right now, it's over ten million people, but that grew in three weeks from two million to ten million. I was I'm only been on three weeks. Yeah, so it's growing really fast. Well, um, I appreciate hang out. You're welcome. Hang out for a second, you guys. All my links will be below. Again, support me. Um, subscribe to it's a new dawn uh my website is under construction because i have weaved my way into a different area or not a different area but a different way of doing things because of covid which is fine i'm always growing and evolving uh the one thing i do talk about is the roar bar you guys know that it's the only packaged good i eat it is uh, owned by Jake and Rachel. They were just on my podcast and their, their um, podcast is out and uh, it is high protein. It is organic. It is vegan, but it suits every type of diet. It's low in net carbs. Um, it is part of my everyday life. They, they are just a wonderful company and they give 10% of all their net proceeds to feed hungry children worldwide, which is why I made the decision to be an ambassador of the company. And you can use Lenny5, uh, capital L-E-N-N-Y, the number five for 5% off at checkout. All that information will be below. And on that note, thank you, Josh, for spending some time with me. And as usual, everybody have a wonderful and blessed day, evening, morning, whatever it is in your neck of the woods. All right. Bye.